Find your balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 23 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business administration, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and we cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, wellness products, and we give you some actionable tips that you can actually implement into your own personal health strategy. Each show is only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes really easily if you're a new listener. And we've heard from a lot of listeners that they like the 15 or 20 minute episodes because they can get through the content without it taking too much of their time and still learn a lot. My philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded. Be open to new things. Preconceived notions should not get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic and it surprised you and how well it worked? I'm sure you probably have. Most of us have, have had that happen. Well, those are what we're trying to uncover here. New wellness tactics, new things for you to try, add it to your personal curriculum of health. Thank you to everyone who's been telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review the show in your podcast app if you haven't already done so. That's really appreciated. Announcements. The Boost Health Performance Apparel Shop just closed on August 15th for the next round of orders to be created. Don't worry though if you didn't get your order in this time as we will reopen the store again in the fall and we're actually going to include some really exciting winter pieces. Now, if you haven't seen the gear yet, you can see some of it in action on the My Boost Health Instagram, Facebook, and Strava feeds including the strength gear, cycling gear, multi-sport gear, and casual wear. Check it out and stay tuned for future discounts during the next ordering period right here on the podcast and in the newsletter. Speaking of the newsletter, if you haven't already signed up for the Weekly Boost newsletter, you can do so by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage of myboosthealth.com. Don't miss any Boost Health news. All right. Now on with the program. Episode 23 of the Boost Health podcast is titled Mobility versus Flexibility, How Mobility Enhances Your Performance, Part 3. In this third and final episode in our series on mobility, Joel and I talk more about the research on mobility and its role in injury prevention and athletic performance, including a very interesting study with NFL athletes. We also discuss benefits of Olympic lifts, safety with squatting, mobility work as a form of meditation, plant-based nutrition, and of course, finding wellness balance overall. I hope you enjoy this third and final episode of this series on mobility. And so based on that, a 2009 study in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports found that if you do interventions of mobility training for off-season NFL players, American football, 
um, they actually will either improve or maintain their mobility. So if they come out of the season at a certain level of mobility, which a lot of those athletes do, especially the, sk- the skill players, um, they're going to be able to maintain that or, or even improvement, improve it, excuse me, if they're on some sort of off-season mobility program. And so there was some evidence even, and, and this actually ties in nicely to what you've talked about, Joel, um, they needed to do more research on this, but there was even some evidence of uh, decreased uh, possibility of injury um, after they, if if they did take part in this uh, intervention over over break from from the season. So yeah, it makes I, I sense. That, you got to keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep right. moving. And when you're doing these functional, you know, mobility movements in tangent with everything else that these guys are probably doing. Yeah. Well, I think just fabulous. on that, right? So you know, I think there's there's a reason why Olympic lifting is in the Olympics, right? And <laughs> it includes things like the snatch and the clean and jerk. You know, which, you know, to some extent is basically, you know, some form or an accelerated form of an overhead squat. And I think that that is because those are the complex, the most complex, right, functional movement you can do. Agreed. And these guys are doing it with, you know, 300, 400 pounds. Right. right? Think about the acceleration that requires. And that is, that is the almost, in some ways, right, it's the purest expression of mobility, right, is being in that end range of motion under that level of resistance and the strength required right in all of those positions right to be able to execute that move absolutely so so everybody should do more snatches and clean and jerks absolutely yeah and, and learn the proper technique don't try to go up and wait until you've learned how to do it with just a bar start with a wooden dowel a uh, wooden dowel even better yeah so i want to talk about safety because if you sort of do a little bit of research on pistols, especially um, you'll see some people that are a little bit uh, concerned about safety. And, you know, if you get somebody that can't perform a proper squat, um, then they have no business in even attempting a pistol. Um, so that's one thing is just slowly making sure you're, you're ready. It, it seems to take time to master as we talked about, Joel, you know, really it's taken you three years to get to the point where you can really do a good job on it. Did you ever, have any injuries while you were trying to perform these pistols? So, you know, fortunately I, I don't, I have never experienced a, a training induced injury. Nice. Um, I've experienced training induced pain and soreness. <laughs> right. Um, but I think, you know, one, one thing that everybody has to do is they have to know what is safe and proper for them. Right. And, you know, I've been on a long journey and when I first went into, you know, my sort of strength and conditioning career, which is only as recently as 2013, you know, I, I was anxious about it. Right. You know, I'd been a, a, a triathlete, so I had strong legs and zero upper body. Right. So when I first went into a gym and I had some great coaches, you know, that helped me through this whole journey and they were like, you know, can you do a pull up? And I was like, yeah, I can do like six or eight. Right. That's awesome. Right. And so they said, okay, show me, show, show us a pull-up. So I would do a pull-up with okay, And I got down there like, okay, you're not allowed to do pull-ups. Right. And then it was all about the progression of building the right strength, right. Through your shoulders, through your arms, through your core, so that you approach all of these things safely. Right. So whether it's a pistol or whether it's starting to do squats or whether it's even going out on a bike ride, you know, like yeah, I've taken, uh, you know, newbies out in Hong Kong. Right. And one of them was saying, I remember he was saying, you know, he just started riding a bike here and his buddies were taking him out to the beast. Oh, and I was Lord. like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, do not go there. Right? <laughs> I, I, I forbid you from doing it. Right. Because you got to start everybody on the right progression. And the same is true 
for, you know, doing a simple squat in your living room as it is for doing anything else, you know, outside, right? You got to walk before you can run or even crawl in this case. So yes, you know, there's great resources. You know, the internet is wonderful, but I would just urge everyone to try and find good resources of information on the internet, not just any piece of information on the internet, right? There's reasons why, you know, some platforms are more successful than others. And that's pretty much because they're, they're better than others. But yeah, there's progressions for all of these things. Um, for me, you know, the, the, the pistol, you know, I, I went through a progression. You, st- you stand on a box, right? And you lower yourself down and you do basically the negative pistol, mm-hmm. not the then back up again, right? So, you know, people call it negative or an eccentric or whatever it might be. But there's ways to develop the either the strength or the coordination or the stability muscles required to be able to perform any of these moves. That's a good point. Um, and then sort of along the same lines that we're talking about, there's an article on bodybuilding.com where we, we talked about him earlier, the aforementioned Al Cavadlo discusses how critics of the pistol squats worry about, you know, rounding of the back um, that's required. But he notes that you're not loading up the body with thousands of pounds when you're doing a pistol. This is a body weight movement. And so if you're progressing into it in a safe manner, as you said, um, it's totally safe. It's totally fine to do. Um, now, if you're somebody that's had, you know, tremendous knee problems or knee issues, I would talk to your doctor before you're starting on any program, of course, but you should, if you're uh, in good health and fitness, be able to slowly progress in, into these types of mobility movements. Yeah. I might, I just to add to that, you know, I might not talk to your doctor, but, you know, go find a good coach. Maybe someone named Paul Sandberg, for example. <laughs> right. You can learn from uh, from my mistakes on this particular topic. Go through the journey together. Yeah. I remember one time when we were talking, Joel, uh, we've talked a little bit about the mental piece of this, but I think this is super interesting. You said, I can't remember your exact words, but there was some sort of unlocking or letting go that happens. And I, I think I'm sort of maybe just scratching the surface on that with this, this squat hold. Um, where I would like, I get to the bottom and I can hold it for a little while. And then like my back starts to sway a little bit and I feel uncomfortable. Um, so I just played around with grabbing something very light, like, a a, a mat or like a yoga block, which sure. yeah. it doesn't have enough weight yeah. to balance me out, but it's like some sort of mental yeah. thing where I'll hold it for a couple seconds and then I'll let go and then I'm fine. So yeah. I, I definitely can see there's some, some mental, but talk about what, totally. what you meant by that. Well, I think, I mean, there's, it's a, it's kind of like a flow state type, uh, feeling, but even when you're doing mobility and I think because of the, the significant amount of, I guess, pressure is the right word, but you're doing a lot of, uh, sort of nervous system intervention. Mm. So like, you know, you're basically plugging into like, you know, the core kinetic being of who you are physically which is obviously very closely tied with who you are mentally or even spiritually, if, uh, if, if I can even go that far. But, you know, uh, going through mobility work and doing it, you know, first thing when you wake up or last thing before you go to bed, you know, there's a huge mental element to it where you kind of feel like you're letting go of all earthly existence. And again, I think a lot of that is actually pain-induced because this is not uh, a pleasant necessarily experience in terms of, uh, it's not comfortable, but, you know, whether, you know, we're out there in the pain cave on the bike or you're out there and you're running and you get into that sort of runner's high type environment, right? You know, there's, there's, you know, who we are physically is so closely connected with who we are, you know, mentally and, and spiritually 
that I, I, I do believe, particularly because of the, the soft tissue work and the nervous system connection required of doing mobility work, um, you know, it is, it, you, you do end up having to really let go, right? You can't focus on all of the things that, you know, you're thinking about doing next or what just happened or, uh, you know, where things are in the world and what's right and what's not. All you can focus on is breathing and working through whatever that minute issue is that you're working on, whether it's your ankle or your gastroc, and that's a, in some ways, you know, sort of a, a window to your soul. And so I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. There's certainly no scientific evidence for this, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's as much a, a part of the recovery as actually just, you know, restoring the muscle. Hmm. I, I like that. It sounds meditative. I don't know if you would Absolutely. agree with that, but yeah. that's almost where you're kind of seeming to go with it. And I just thinking in how I've used that, especially post-workout as part of my cooling down process, which it's almost ironic. That's more of a warm down. I suppose if you think about doing a squat hold, there's nothing really cooling yeah. <laughs> about that yeah. or yeah. calm or anything yeah. else, but, um, but finding where the bottom of that squat is as an example of the many different mobilities um, at the end of the workout versus where it was at the beginning is kind of interesting, but like I'll put on just some chill trance beats and totally. just sort of totally. zone out. Like yeah. you said, just like yeah. you're concentrating still. Um, if you can listen to music and concentrate, which I can on what I'm trying to accomplish, but also at the same time, like breathing and relaxing and sure. letting go. That's no, I think very cool. meditation is a big part of it. You know, one of the, uh, I think one of the, the, the whimsical things, you know, about, you know, uh, mobility wad and, and Kelly Sturette and things is, you know, I remember one time they put up a, a, a mobility video for the day and it literally was, you know, you lay down, put your head on the floor, put your arms out to your sides, take five really, really big deep breaths and close your eyes. That was it. Right. Nice. That was the session for the day. And I think that, you know, even then that, that also played a part into keeping things with doing your mobility fresh because, you know, you can get a little bit anxious about, you know, well, you know, if they've put, you know, calves up there and you've got, you know, a gastroc problem, you know, it's going to be a tough session that day. So, uh, no, the, having the, the, the right approach mentally and meditatively to it, I think is critical. That's, that's cool stuff. And it really, if you all haven't tried it, you've, you've got to try it. It's, it's really fascinating, honestly. I've alluded to this a little bit already as we sort of wrap things up here. I get really excited when I go to the gym if I've got something new. You know, whether it's a new exercise, new equipment, got some new workout clothes or like a, you know, a music set list that I'm trying out for the first time. Like I'm excited because it's something new, but I think it's going to help me sort of unlock something else. Like, you know, maybe if I, you know, use this piece of equipment or try this new exercise or listen to this particular song while I'm doing this particular move, like maybe I'll be able to perform a little bit better. I, I'm always looking for that type of thing. So what if I, what if I had never tried you know, full body strength training, which I'm obsessed with now, or, or plant-based diet, which was absolutely transformative for me is mobility. This next big thing. I, I really do think it is. I, 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 like I said, I've danced around it for a long time, but I'm, I'm really focused on it. And just a few days of focused mobility work. I've said this already. I'm, I'm already feeling better in, in my squats. I, I really think this mobility work could be the next big thing for me personally. So Joel, I want to ask you, we, we know you're a fan of mobility, so that can't be your next big thing. No, it cannot. Um, you're but there. there's still lots of work to do. There's more work. I think it's a life, life journey probably, right? Yeah. But is there something you're checking out 
right now, it's okay if there's if there's nothing else. I know you're a busy guy, but is there anything right now that, that has you super fired up? Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we've really connected, you know, not just as friends, but I think, you know, intellectually around this topic is because I'm a big believer, you know, sort of in, it's always been one of my philosophies, everything in moderation. Um, but, you know, finding your balance is basically saying the same thing and adding as many arrows to your quiver, right, of things that you can do that continue to improve who you are, how you interact with people and, you know, where, where you're going in life and in the world is something that everybody should, should constantly be doing. I think for me, you know, there's kind of like four things in life that you need to be able to do, right? There's family, there's work, there's exercise, and then there's socialize. And my fundamental sort of consensus has been that you can't do all four of those things well. You can only do three. But you're always trying to find the balance and optimize those three things. And I think for me, when it comes to the, the health and fitness space, there's really two things that I'm trying to do at the moment. One is I've been really inspired by your journey on nutrition, and I'm not sure I'm fully committed to going to the plant-based diet, but uh, actually my wife, Emily, is very intrigued by it. And I think not just from a personal well-being standpoint, but also from a, a planetary well-being standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I think we have uh, significantly increased our, uh, our plant-based intake as a family, which is good. And actually, as a result, I, I feel... That that's been actually a, a big increase in my own health and wellness in the past few months. But uh, I think it's something that we need to think about, you know, more holistically and make sure it's something that we really, you know, structure into who we are and how we live life. For instance, we just, you know, took the kids to a back to school lunch and we all had burgers at this mm -hmm. really great burger place yeah. right, in Hong Kong, which is great. But actually, we, I left and I was thinking, wow, like I don't really necessarily feel so well. Um, <laughs> right. And there weren't a lot of vegetables included. Right. And even I think you have a burger, but you eat a lot of vegetables with it and actually you feel a lot better right? yeah, absolutely. as a result. Um, so nutrition is one thing that is is something I'm going to really uh, focus on. And I think, you know, how, what, what you intake and how you fuel yourself is as important. I mean, it's the underpinning. So, you know, we were talking earlier about my three things with fitness are endurance, strength and conditioning and mobility. Well, you know, what underpins that has to be, you know, getting eight hours of sleep a night and eating well. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing those two things, then the other three things don't matter. Right. So I think nutrition for me is a big one. But the other one then is actually I, I try and find a balance across those disciplines of, of, of really endurance and then strength and conditioning. And there's this concept out there that you can be kind of like a hybrid athlete. Um, and there's, you know, a sort of a, a guy who's got a book called The Hybrid Athlete who happens to be an endurance uh, ultra marathoner as well as being able to uh, deadlift 500 pounds, squat 500 pounds and run a five minute mile. Um, and I, that would obviously be a multi-year journey because particularly on the strength side, adding that type of strength, uh, uh, increase, you know, takes a long time. But I think for me, it's about how do I continue to really do what I love doing, which is really being fit and healthy for my family so that I can run around with the kids. And, you know, I've got an eight year old boy like you do, who's really into sports and I want to be able to, you know, play, you know, tag football with him and. Or, or tackle, you know, whatever it might be as we get older. Um, but it's, you know, how do you, how do you continue to do all that stuff for life? And I think, you know, having the passion and the commitment and the interest in trying and doing new and different things is really important to that. So one of the things that, you know, I've just done is I rode the most I've ever ridden right in a, in a single weekend, you know, I went with some buddies to Italy 
and we rode, you know, basically 300 miles in four days and did something like 20,000 feet of vertical. Um, and I was really nervous and didn't think I was going to make it. Um, you know, going into the weekend, I was like, you know, I'm going to get absolutely crushed. No, no. And I came out of it feeling great, right? And like actually dropping some, you know, some, some pounds and being a little bit faster on the bike and then went out and tried to get some PRs on Strava, which as we all do. Um, <laughs> right. And I think you were there for one of them, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, no, it's fun. You know, there's, there's, there's new things. It's always about, for me, it's always about adding, you know, that extra 1%. And I, I think with the nutrition, it might be that extra five to ten percent, and actually probably more like the extra thirty. Well, if you decide to go in that journey, you know that you have somebody that will chat with you about it on bike rides all the time. It's funny when when Jill and I ride together a lot, we have really interesting conversations. But I think sometimes it ends up being a little one sided because I I talk as a, one of the ways to not make myself think about or notice how high my heart rate is while Joe's like 20 beats lower than me. I'm just like burning his ears off with uh, all kinds of conversation, whether he likes it or not. It's pretty funny. We have lots of fun though. We do have lots of fun, but it's not, <laughs> it's not that, uh, that my, uh, my, I'm 20 beats lower than you. It's that I'm suffering so much more that I can't imagine how you're talking. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, b- before we close up the show, I just, I think this is so interesting. I did a show a few weeks ago. While I was back in Kansas with my training buddies back there. And, uh, you know, I asked this question to all of my guests about, you know, finding your balance and what, what that is to you and and how you find it. And what's the journey like looking ahead and you guys are all dads, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your response has to include family. It's great that it does, but I, you know, if you are good athletes, which all, all of you guys are the quick place where you might go is, Oh, well, you know, I figure out a way to squeeze in my endurance here and I've got my CrossFit there and I've got my ability work here and dabbling in nutrition. But all of you guys have talked about how you manage to do those things, but also still find time to make it work with your family. And one of the things that Tanner talked about that I thought was cool is he actually, he's training for an Ironman right now, which is, as everybody knows, a huge um, time suck. Huge commitment. So he throws his, these are what I would like to accomplish this week from a training perspective. And then he lets his wife decide where those are going to fit. Sure. You, you know, maybe that means there's a couple of big days back to back, which yeah. isn't always the best, but it, yeah. you know, they make it work that way. So I just, I don't know if, you know, people are put in your life or if, you know, you sort of, you select who you choose to be in your life or whatever, but I'm happy that, you know, I'm surrounded with people that, that are holistic and how they think about what balance is. And it's not just work life or it's not just fitness and making that fit into you know, your family life, it's, it's, it seems to be really holistic and, and family is, is an important part of it. So I just, I appreciate being surrounded by people that think that way. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think one of our biggest responsibilities as parents is to engender, you know, health and fitness and well-being into our children, right? And Absolutely. There's, there's nothing like participating in those things with them so that they know it's important. And just on, I've got a very tangible example for the mobility stuff. I have my kids do it with me. And oftentimes when you get to a point where you're quite good with the mobility work, you need to add weight. So you're laying on a ball with weight. I have my kids either sit or stand on me. Nice. And so, uh, you know, there's just as a, I guess a quick anecdote, you know, the, the Chinese Olympic weightlifters, right, are known to be so supple that they can walk on each other's quads 
Oh my so lord! Take you know a, a, a you know two hundred pound you know Chinese Olympic weightlifter and walk on another one's quads, <laughs> right? Anybody who's ever tried that would know, you know, that that just is going to send chills up your spine. Yes. But I've gotten to a point where I can have my eight year old who weighs I don't know probably seventy five or eighty pounds. I'll be laying on a ball, right, and he can he'll either he'll sit on me, right, or he'll walk on me. And, uh, you know, that type of basically, uh, you know, uh, massage therapy intervention is great because you know, there's nothing like a heel digging into something to make it relax. <laughs> right. But yeah, and, you know, talking about involving the kids, um, it, it, it's so cool because they haven't been, you know, beaten down by life and by the chairs that we have been sitting in for the last 30 years or whatever. Um, you know, one of the neat things about our kids school and it's probably the same at yours is, you know, they don't just sit in a desk all day anymore. Like, you know, these schools yeah, that are paying attention yeah. are, you can go lay over here in the corner and read for a little bit. You can stand over here at this workstation. Yeah. And so I do these mobility exercises with my kids and they can get down into a proper squat and, and they can do a pistol and yeah. they can natural function. Yeah. They've, they haven't been ruined. And so, I mean, it's just another way of showing that we're built to do these things. We just got to, we've got to work back into being able to do that. Right. Well, I think it's great. Right. Cause not only can the, the kids provide that inspiration to you because they do these things naturally. And so should we be able to, but if you then get into your own journey, right, you can then help inspire them to maintain that level of mobility and activity uh, because otherwise, you know, sort of our society does, you know, sort of, um, you know, restrict it over time. You know, being a mentor is super important to me, super important to me. That's, I think that was so cool how your mom was a mentor to you with, with mobility. Um, I've talked a number of times about my dad uh, as a mentor for me with fitness, especially. Um, so I, I mean that there's not many more things in, more important to me than being a mentor to, to my kids. (laughs) And, uh, you know, thinking about plant space, like we were earlier, I don't force that upon my family. They know like, Oh, dad, you can't eat that. That's got dairy. Oh, dad, you you can't have that. That's, that's got meat in it. And so they're aware of it. And so I want them to, I I would like it if they ate plant-based someday, or at least try just because I've had such great success, but I never want to force that upon them. But, I want them to think about the way foods make them feel. Sure. And so you can start that at, at pretty much as yep. soon as they can talk, right? So, Dad, I have a stomach ache. Yeah, you just had a, a hot dog. Think about that the next time you have a hot dog. I'm not going to say you can't have a hot dog because I'll make it for them. I don't care. It doesn't bother me, yeah. even being plant-based. But so just saying I don't shame them at all. There's no shame in, in eating whatever foods you want. We help try to limit the sugar a little bit, but we let them have pretty much whatever. Uh, but I do want them to think about how that makes them feel. You can be a mentor and still sort of help them Absolutely. be in their own journey, right? Lead by example, right? Yeah. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make a train. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, well, I've had Joel here for a long time. I appreciate his time. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to my good buddy, Joel, for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. It's been a pleasure. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have you back because we're going to have more uh, stories to share, I'm sure. Love to. Uh, so everybody, please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show in whatever podcast app you use. I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates all on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All you have to do is search for My Boost Health. You can also visit 
the MyBoost Health website at MyBoostHealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. And until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Joel Lee Ginger saying goodbye and find, find your, your balance. balance.